Like I said earlier, we're going to continue in our sermon series that's looking Acts, especially through the lens of the Acts of the Holy Spirit as the early church began its work of spreading the gospel message of Jesus. And today we come across this story where Paul starts the church in Thessalonica. But before we get there, I want to step back just a moment to last week. Last week, Pastor Sandman, uh, whether you were here in person or you were able to catch it live stream or later on, he talked about God's plan for us. And he used this Greek term, oikonomia. And it's a term that talks about body systems, how your uh, cardiac and your respiratory and your skeletal and muscular systems all work together, planned out in a way that we could never imagine to make us who we are. And today, if we talk to medical professionals, we see that there's, there's more than just those systems. There's also emotional and spiritual care as well to make us holistic people in our well-being. Well, I, I wanted to look at this word just for a minute because I think in that plan, one of the major pieces to it is sharing stories. A major piece to God's plan is to share stories. And who doesn't love a good story? Who doesn't love a good story? A, a good story we can conjure up in our mind with just simply a few words if we if we've know the story well enough. And this happens in movies a lot, right? So a galaxy far, far away. You, you have an image. Or I feel the need, the need for speed. Yes, okay? Um, that's not flying, that's falling with style. See, we have some Toy Story uh, fans in our midst. And, and there's so many of these that we could go through that they capture not all of us, but some of us. In just a few words, we get that whole story in our minds. Or maybe it's uh, something that you've seen that really is just grabs you at the heart. As I look around, I know that I've, I've had a meal with some of you over the last three weeks. And if I've had a meal with you, more than likely, you've heard me talk about three-on-three -three Olympic basketball. How many people watched three-on-three -three Olympic basketball over these last three weeks? We have a, a few. The amazing thing for me in that is that it's street ball. It's pickup ball. It's what the kids are playing on our basketball hoops back here. But not only that, it takes me back to being in junior high in my backyard playing the same game they're playing in the Olympics now. And I would get smoked by my brother. I mean, a game goes to 21, I would have two points and he would have 45. That's... That's how our games went. But we kept on playing because it's just a fun game. Or how many of us are fishermen or know a fisherman? Because in fishing, we know we went out, caught a fish, and it was, how, how big was it? Probably about that big, right? But these stories, these, they, they, they get our attention, and they're worth sharing. And I would, I would say all of us have a story to share, 
but oftentimes our tendency is to keep it in and, and not share the stories of our lives. Because one, something we've said and a story we've shared, someone has shamed us over. They've made us feel guilt and brokenness because we shared a story or because we're afraid and fear creeps in because our story isn't good enough. That person has a way better story than I do. I, I, I'm not going to share anything. I, I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to say you do have a story to share and it is worth sharing. And I think if we dive into this story of Paul and Thessalonica, we can get a glimpse at to why. So the journey starts out for Paul, and he goes through these two towns, Amphipolis and Apollonia. Now these are major metropolitan areas. These are like New York cities of the day, but he doesn't stop there. He keeps on going till he gets to Thessalonica, and then he stops. He stops because there are people there that he would get along with, right? They're his people in the synagogue. Now, as I say that, we also have to remember, Paul's journey started out with ripping people from the church and the way out of their homes and putting them into jail. And he stood and he watched as someone got stoned because they believed in Jesus. So here he is going to the people he knew. The, the, the familiar, maybe not faces, but stories. The people who knew the things he knew. And he begins to share a story of change and connection. Of sh- change and connection. If anyone had a reason to be ashamed of a story or fearful of what people would do, it's going to be Paul. Because he had done a 180 from where he was. So as he begins this journey uh, uh, into Thessalonica, he finds routine. On three Sabbaths, he goes in to the synagogue and he begins to share the story. He begins to share a story of connection, of what the people knew, of what he had experienced, and then began connecting it to Jesus. The Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This is a a new story for them. And and I call it routine because it happens time and time again. All these places, all these markers that we have, these are places where Paul does the same thing. He goes and for three Sabbaths, he's in the synagogue and he's sharing his story. Thessalonica, then Berea, Athens, Corinth, Trous. These are these are are big cities. But he's not going into the city center. He's going to the people he knew who would be able to connect with his story. Now, the people in Thessalonica, they know what it means to be afraid and and have unknown things happen and some uncertainty. But Paul looks beyond that to share his story of hope. That's what this is. It's a story of hope. 
because of Jesus. We know that the people listened. He reasoned with them in scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah. You see, the people were missing something. They were missing that love and forgiveness that leads to hope. They were missing Jesus as a part of their story. And so Paul, in his routine, has this conviction to share this story. And he does it time and time and time again. And in his conviction, we know that people were connected. We read in 1 Thessalonians, as he's writing the church that was planted when he first got there, they began to share the stories and grow. And he wrote a letter, and it starts out with this, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You see, when we have a routine and we have conviction, a story that we are saying from the heart, the Holy Spirit works wonders in the people's lives around us. So not only are we able to connect to Jesus in a deeper way, he uses us to connect others to him as well. Not everyone liked this story, right? We, we, have to, we have to remember that. There was people who became jealous, so jealous they went and, and started a riot. They just hired some thugs and started a riot because they did not like this new message that Paul was saying, this radical message of love and forgiveness and hope that comes through Jesus. And they were scared. And they wanted to conjure up fear and shame for the people who were sharing this story. We know, we know people in our lives that as we share stories, they, they do the same for us. So what can we learn from Paul in this instance? What does he do? He doesn't, <clears throat> sorry, he doesn't just go inward, say, okay, I'm not going to share it anymore. No, he reaches more and more and more, and he moves on and keeps on going. We know that not everyone is going to hear our story and take it well. And that's okay. God works in mysterious ways, and there's other people that can maybe speak into their lives. But God uses us and the people around us who are pressing in to share a story of love and forgiveness of hope in Jesus. Paul's story connected people to Jesus. And we know that. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. These aren't the people that Paul had set out to talk to in his routine, right? These are people who, who heard the story as he was there in the synagogue and said, yes, there is something to that story. There is something that I need in my life that, that is coming across in your story, Paul. I want to know more. And Paul begins to share more and more about Jesus in those moments. He went into a community that, that had a lot of unknown and uncertainty. They were changing seasons. They were starting something new. And he doesn't tell them to be fearful, but he says, know that you are loved, know that you are forgiven, and know that there is hope. 
Over this last week, I've had a blessing of speaking to over 300 people in small groups, uh, in between 30 and 50 people at a time. And I'm, I'm hearing the same message from people, and that's we're, we're living in a time of uncertainty. There's, ru- there's wars and ru- rumor of wars. We don't know what the next season will bring. We're fearful of the new strains. We are not sure what happens next. Well, we can, we can live there, and we can live in that, that uncertainty and that fear. Or we can know the story that's impacted our lives so much. That Jesus is there in the midst of uncertainty and, and unknown and new seasons and strains and everything else that's coming our way. He's there with a message of love and forgiveness that brings hope into our lives. That's what these men and women found in Thessalonica, and that's what we find today as well. We have to know that as we have hope, our story, our story connects people to Jesus. Now, if we rewind back to the beginning of our sermon series, we go all the way back to Acts 1. And in Acts 1, we hear or we see this, these words from Jesus. You will be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. So often, we think of witnesses as only being in a courtroom and an official act, and there it is. But a witness is someone who is connected to a story and shares their part of that story. So when Jesus says, you will be my witnesses, he's saying, guess what? You're connected to me. You are loved. You are forgiven. And I want you to share that story with the world around you. And sit back and see what the Holy Spirit can do with your story. My hope is that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming year, you have people in your life as you go through your routines. And I know routines change and, and people go and come from those routines, but my hope is that you have routines that allow you to share your stories of heartfelt conviction, that you can share stories of love and forgiveness that bring hope into the lives of the people who need it. We all know people in our lives right now who are living in fear or shame, who, who aren't sure what the next season is, who are doubting all kinds of things. And, and those are, it's, it's people in the world, but it's people sitting right next to you as well. Just because we're here in church or watching online doesn't mean we are always okay. It means we understand that we are loved and we are forgiven. And sometimes we need, hope, we need a story to help remind us that yes, that, that story is our story too. So we take it out into the world and we take it to each other. These stories of love and forgiveness that bring hope into our lives. My challenge for you is to begin this week praying about how God could use the Holy Spirit through you 
to share your story. You may not start a new church like Paul did in Thessalonica. But your story may just bring someone hope in the midst of hopelessness. Your story may just bring love to someone who's not feeling loved at all. And your story will connect someone to Jesus. Amen.